get it. What up, y'all? This is Reese. This is Toya. And we are the other half, a podcast by a couple speaking about a couple of things. seem to be going good it's been blessings immediate family still intact yeah um, prayers go out to a, a lot of our family members that are you know distant family members but they still are family that mm-hmm. are, are struggling through this through this pandemic but i just want to say prayers to all of y'all and love all of you and just gotta keep moving keep grinding it's yeah. just a, the storm is only temporary yep but um and i haven't hurt you yet oh yeah mm-hmm. so we've survived this pandemic in many other ways. Mm-hmm. We're doing pretty good. I mean, uh, I haven't really learned anything else new about you. I mean, maybe I, I should already... put a disclaimer out. About what? Like I said, I haven't hurt you, so I want people to think like we in an abusive relationship. I don't. I don't physically hurt you. Well, our immediate family already know how abusive you are. Reese, you can't. <laughs> you threatened me in front of my mama yesterday. That wasn't yesterday. That was well. Last time we saw them, what did you tell? Friday. Them? What did you say though? I don't remember. I don't remember those things. I don't think I said anything. Okay. Okay. Mm. Anyway. But like you were saying, I didn't mean to interrupt. I apologize. No. Carry no on, sir. What were you saying? Um. Well, this t- today our topic is going to be a celebration. Yes. Uh, you know, after this, since this pandemic's been going on and things. You know, for a lot of us, including our listeners, you know, things got to get tough around the house, not only with our relationships, but with our family, our kids, mm-hmm. our uh, our work and everything. Everybody's doing a lot of jobs at the same time during this thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but what has been prevalent and is, we've been fighting through is this thing that I want to celebrate today, and it's called Black Love. Black Love. <laughs> That's the best. But that's the I don't want to sound all cheesy and stuff like that. But it, but uh, this is this is something that is it is in our court. I'm not trying to say that other love don't matter. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. All love matter. Love is love. Love, you know? and we truly believe love is love. Right. But black love to us is very important. I mean, we all know love is love. Love is being trusting, mm-hmm. being compassionate, being genuine. Mm-hmm. Having that camaraderie in your corner that can camaraderie, <laughs> camaraderie, camaraderie. It's camaraderie. It's camaraderie a word. Yes, look it up. We in front of the computer now. Anyway, <laughs> all of that is part of this whole fight that you got in this life, and love is really important, and it's a, it's a step that helps you get through this, or a piece that helps you get through this. Yeah. Um, I'm not just talking about you know love between um, a husband and a wife. I'm just talking about all love, but. The one I'm focusing on today is black love. Black love. If you don't stop interrupting me, last year, mm. I still love you though. Mm. Mm. Last year, of course, y'all know it was 2019, and 2019 was, it marked 40 years of forbidden black love in America. It did. So, what we got going on right now is, uh, wasn't supposed to happen, you know? There was things, it was just pretty much forbidden. Yeah. Uh, 
if you were in some type of a relationship with, you know, somebody, it was considered almost a revolutionary movement. Yeah. So uh, I just wanted to take time to talk about a little bit about us and re, re I don't know say rekindle the flame, but reassure ourselves about how important and how diligent this grind has to be in order to get to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Because it is hard. It is a lot of work. But it is a lot of fun and it is a blessing. So yeah, it it yeah it's uh, and we see we've seen people give up on love, black, white, green, purple, whatever. We've seen people give up on love, but you know, especially in black love, because of what we have to face as individuals who are black. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it can be stressful if you feel like your life partner, your husband, your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, if you feel like that they're not in your corner. So I think that, you know, that's another reason black love is so important. And like he said, not just black love for your, your partner, but also for your children and your family and stuff, because they're fighting those same battles as you. And so for any one of us to go out into this America who doesn't love us, who doesn't care about us, who don't appreciate us. And then to come back home, and fight that in your house as well. It can be very trying. So mm-hmm. it's so important to make sure that not only do you love yourself as a black person, you also love those others who are black. Because we, I mean, we really need it. We really need to love and support each other. Yeah. And That's why black love is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess earlier we, we was doing a little bit of research and. Mm-hmm. You ran across this article. You want to talk about that article? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So, not real quick because it's pretty important. You got to get a bigger excerpt on this because it was pretty big. Yeah. So, I'm going to, we, as you know, when we talk about stuff, if it's not, we not only talk about our experiences with it, but we also try to give y'all some research and background information because it it's important to know your history. Um, it's important to know how things can affect you. It's important to know why things affect you the way that they do. So, this article on the Washington Post, it was published in 2019, and the um, title of it is 2019 Marked 400 Years of Forbidden Black Love in America. And when I was reading it, um, I was reading it out loud because Reese was doing research on his computer, and I was reading it on mine. And like just reading it alone, there were things that I didn't realize um, as a black woman in love or as a black woman in general, I didn't realize some of these things. And so it's a big eye opener. Um, so just make sure you, I mean, if you have time, go look it up, WashingtonPost.com. And like I said, the title is 2019 marked 400 years of forbidden black love in America. And I'm going to read some of the excerpts from it because it's like, it's, you, it puts things into perspective when we hear about black relationships failing or, these stereotypes of black women and these stereotypes of black men and these stereotypes of black athletes dating outside their race um, or black celebrities in general dating outside their race. It puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, oh, shout out Diane Stewart, by the way, because she's the one that wrote this. Yeah, book. Diane Stewart is the one that wrote Killing kill them, girl. Whoop, whoop. Let's go. Um, oh, actually, it was published a few months ago, um, December 26, 2019. Um, it says that the majority of black women in America are single by circumstance and not by choice. And the statistics are jarring. 
excuse me, in 2010, U.S. Census revealed that, for example, in 2009, 71% of women, black women in America were unmarried. Of that, of that group, 71% of black men, women between the ages of 25 and 29 and 54% of black women between the ages of 30 and 34 had never been married. By comparison, 43% of non-Hispanic white women between the ages of 25 and 29 had never been married. The dilemmas surrounding black love in the 21st century America are all too often mischaracterized by personal hardships that individuals must struggle to surmount. But in fact, over the past 400 years, structural forces, racial slavery and terrorism, government welfare programs and mass incarceration have forged the institutional basis for undermining black marriage. The fracturing of black love and marriage began during the Middle Passage when women such as Hagar Blackmore recalled being stolen away from her husband and infant that nursed on her breast. In 1669, Blackmore described the unique predicament of marital dissolution that most African-American women captives experienced before ever setting foot on American soil. So just that alone lets you know that they've been breaking up black loves forever. The fact that you're snatching this woman, this black woman, away from her husband and her child to satisfy your need lets you know one, how powerful black love is, and mm-hmm. two, how important we are as black women. Right. And the fact that it's so easy for our, it was so easy, and it, I mean, I guess it still is, for people mm-hmm. to devalue our black love, it's, it's scary. Right. Like, because I mean, we are such a powerful people, they know our connections to each other are so strong, they are doing whatever they can. To break that up. Yeah, and, and and black love is you know really not only needed you know in our fight in the world we live in, mm-hmm. like you were just saying right there. It's also a fight in our mental psyche. Yeah. Because you know we've been told that we are unlovable. You know we're we're shiftless, lazy, mm-hmm. we're thugged out. You know black men. Mm-hmm. And anybody who tries to love us, they're not going to get the love back that they that they're required to receive mm-hmm. and that's just not the case and yeah well, some of us are our many mental psyches have been broken down where we do kind of feel like oh yeah you know my dad you know he didn't he didn't never settle down he he, he had a he had a wife and stuff and they broke up and you know he had you know kids here and then he got married again and broke up again and he's just never gonna you know settle down with just one woman and yeah I mean that's that's part of it but at this it's a test that we have to get over in our mental psyche that we got to understand that this is bigger than just, you know, being with one woman and having to not being with anybody else. I mean, that's the big part of it, but it's a bigger test than what people actually realize. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because of how beaten down we've been, we've been in slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and to um, go further into what you were saying, another excerpt from the article said, After emancipation, freed men and women went to great lengths to reunite their families. Um, But before that, it said, as a result of interstate trade, over 30% of enslaved couples experienced dissolution of their first marriages after the Revolutionary War. And between 1808 and the start of the Civil War in 1861, more than 670,000 people were displaced. 
Thousands more couples were torn asunder by temporary or extended work assignments. Mm-hmm. 670,000 people. Mm-hmm. And they tear them apart with they, because they know that the love mm-hmm. of one another person, one person or two persons or a family, mm-hmm. it, it can be detrimental to the whole notion, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to be using this word, but of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, white, that's the reason why white supremacy tried to kill the notion of black love. Mm-hmm. It's a threat to the oppression. Yeah. Um, it, the, if the article further goes on to say, they often secure legal recognition of their marriages in compliance with government regulations, black people, but it was not always so easy. Love triangles and plural marriages were among slavery's unavoidable outcomes, meaning because they broke us up, we had to found, find that companionship in wherever they put us. Right. And so when we were freed, we... I mean, often went and found our previous partner or we ran into our previous partner or because, you know... They kept us in groups. We had those connections. And so this man is married to this woman from before, but he got torn apart from her. So now he's married to this other woman. And so they're sending these love triangles. And and then on top of that, another case is where the man or the woman has been beaten down so much Mm -hmm. that they feel like love or black love can't even exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So the only love that they are seeing or even like getting the smidgen of mm-hmm. is the little crumbs that their master or whoever that is that their, their slave owner is throwing at them. So they feel like, oh, yes, uh, he, he, he kind of loves me a little bit. You know, he, he, he didn't just give me intestines this time. He gave me an actual piece of the pig. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think I'm going to be with him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they end up being, you know, that house nigga or yeah. somebody, somebody who's attached to them where they feel like that's the only way they can get ahead. So then they start crapping on their actual black loved ones that are in the fight with them at the same damn time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It goes on to say love triangles and plural marriages were among slavery's unavoidable outcomes and Bureau of Refugees, Freedmen and Abandoned Lands, Freedmen's Bureau agents lacked empathy where it says in quotations, whenever a Negro appears before me with two or three wives who have equal claim upon him, explained one agent, I marry him to the woman who has the greatest number of helpless children who otherwise would become a charge of the Bureau, end quote. So that means, first of all, if you listen to that, Mm -hmm. that one, they didn't want to have to take care of us. Right. Two, that means that government assistance was not built for us. So all these stereotypes that black women are on welfare, black families are on welfare, remember this quote, I marry him to the woman who has the greatest number of helpless children who otherwise will become a charge of the Bureau. The government was never built for us. So therefore, that stereotype needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Work and welfare was not for black people. Mm-hmm. But back to black love, they're saying that they pick who you can be with. Like I said, again, it's all about breaking down that mental psyche. Um, they want you to believe that the word or that the black and love cannot be together. They want you to believe that black love is an oxymoron, mm-hmm. that it cannot just really happen. And, you know, we've been beaten down, like I said, for 400 years. And then we're, now we're trying to fight our way back and trying to get our minds outside of that, even, even that mindset. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. It really is hard. But. Like I said before, this is part of the revolutionary movement of just being in love and being black. That is an amazing power that most people can't really harness. And it's, it's really hard right now, but we're mm-hmm. learning. We're learning step by step. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't stress it enough. It's a revolutionary movement. It doesn't sound like it's much, but it is a whole lot. I mean, mm-hmm. what? Okay, so what does revolutionary mean? Revolutionary means involving or causing a complete or dramatic change, mm-hmm. radically new or innovative, outside or beyond established procedure, principles, etc. Engaged in promoting political revolution. And as far as I'm concerned, all three of those, <laughs> all three of those matter, and they mean something in this form we got called Black Love. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I'm getting a little far in the woods. But Dropping you know. knowledge. That's what you're doing. Dropping knowledge. Get out of here. So, there's more um, things I want to discuss from this article, but um, to get away from it a little bit, um, to me, when I see like, for example, when I see these black couples, and not just famous couples, when I see people who black, these black beautiful people, it just puts a smile on my face to know that these people have found somebody who is truly for them. Um, and like we said, we're not against interracial relationships or any like anything like that. If you love somebody and they are, then they love you and they truly care about you as a person, then by all means, be happy. I right. Who am I to judge? Don't get us wrong or anything. I mean, we, we do not believe the entire world is out to get black folks yeah. or black loves is, is the only thing that's important. We're just stressing the fact of what we're in, this fight that we're in right now, and we just wanted to bring it to the forefront mm-hmm. and let everybody know how crucial this really is. Mm-hmm. But keep going, baby. I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine. You're completely fine. But, oh, excuse me, I, we just... I lost my train of thought because you got me drinking this mimosa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good, though, shit. Um, but anyway. Oh, but I was saying. So, it's 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 an amazing feeling to know, like I was saying earlier, like I'm going out into this world and I can come home and I can talk to somebody who's going through the same things that I've gone through. Right. Um, and I've never been with anybody outside my race. Um. And not to say that I, I mean, I, I was asked before by other races, but I just, I didn't have that attraction. Um, so I don't know what it's like to come home to somebody of a different race and try right. to explain what I went We're through. speaking our truth right now. Right. And so, but for me to come home, and so for example, like little things that wouldn't annoy somebody, like people outside our race don't necessarily experience, irritates me. So... I'm trying to say this without offending people. So, you know, when you're walking to a store, first of all, I'll give a real life example. Um, and it's, like we said, it's not just about black love, man and woman, woman and woman. It's not just about who you're intimate with. It's about your family members as well. So everybody who knows me knows I like to shop. Mm-hmm. Shit. <laughs> um, and a few years ago, not even a few years ago, it was a while ago, um, my mother, my sister, and I were out shopping in um, over here at one of the stores, uh, Charlotte Roos. And back when Charlotte Roos was like a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so I used to go in there all the time, y'all, and shop. And so in my skinnier days, I guess I'm not really big, but in my skinnier days. And so we were we were shopping. The three of us were shopping, and my sister. Um, came up to me and my mom and she was like upset and we could not, was like, what's wrong with you TJ? Why are you so upset? And so 
the she told us like the girl kept following her around the store and TJ said every like couple minutes the girl was like do you need anything do you need that like making sure TJ wasn't trying to steal stuff and I can't remember exactly what how TJ figured out she was following her I think the girl said over the intercom or something to watch TJ not over the intercom but over the walkie-talkies headsets to watch TJ and TJ overheard and so that lets you know right there one how racist people are now mind you this was a couple years ago it's even worse with that man who's in office now because people got all of a sudden they got this confidence they can be you know like treat us like crap and so to be able to come home and talk to you about it and you understand what that is just makes our bond stronger although we shouldn't have to connect on levels like that Mm -hmm. but it does it is good to know that i could come home to you my life partner and be like Man, this is what I went through today. You won't believe what happened, and you understand. Yep, it's that camaraderie word I was using. You didn't before. say camaraderie; you said camarade. But said yeah, it. but yeah, so stuff like that, or even when I'm in the store in line, and this woman is using her privilege to, well, I want this, and even we just saw it on a video the other day. The lady complaining about having to go into the damn store and wear a mask. Ma'am, you're not wearing a mask because they are trying to force you to wear a mask. You're wearing a mask because not only is it protecting them, it's protecting you. So if somebody wants to go in the store and shop for me, fine. And she was like, I don't want you having my card. How do you, I mean, how do you think you pay for things? They, you swipe your card and it's in their database. Yeah. You're, you were going to get a receipt. But stuff like that, to be able to come home and be like, man, this lady pissed me off today, or this man pissed me off today, he used his privilege to do this, or they said this to me because I was black, like stuff like that. It's a relatable conversation that you can always have. Yeah. Our our, our outside situations are kind of similar, so it's almost like a common ground conversation that we we have to have and we have to fight through together, which is... Mm -hmm. Kind of, a, kind of a benefit just having somebody right there by your side to see you through this fight. Yeah. But we say all that to say um, just it's it's hard finding love in general. But listen, when you listen to all the stereotypes and the negative stories that they put out there about us, it makes it seem like black love isn't out there. When they, when you hear about the angry black woman or the criminal black man, and then you hear people say, "I only let men that are left are all the mans with the baby mamas or the mans that just got out of jail and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You're degrading black love. Right. And you have to remember that these men are out there and they are just like you me as a black woman, I can be a victim of circumstance. We have to understand our black men have a target on their backs. So they, there are going to be some of them more than not that have been through things or they're victims of the criminal justice system where they have been in jail or they've been victimized by other things too. And they are, they, like you said, it affects their psyche. So they may have multiple baby mamas, but that does not mean they're not a good black man. Mm-hmm. We, I think there are times that sometimes we as black people, we listen to the stereotypes so much that we ignore the value of that person. Right. And I think us ignoring that value, the value of that person in turn 
affects their psyche even more. So they're not going to try to aspire to be the best them that they can be because they already think, and I have all these things against me. Why try to change them? It's, it's hard to break. I mean, that's the true definition of the slave mentality. And us us trying to overcome that is a very hard task. And, and just as a little bitty piece of getting over that hump, but it's still a very important piece. And mm-hmm. that's the reason why we're talking about this. Yeah. So outside of what we the like the information we've seen and researched and just talked about how has black love affected you and then it doesn't and not in a negative way like how has it affected you and your mental um well like our black love <laughs> my love for you um i mean it, it, it's required a lot of growth and a lot of uh overcome meaning of stereotypes um there's a lot of things that us as black men we do have to fight on an everyday day-to-day basis um that do kind of break down or, or smack us down when we and sometimes we get tired and we feel like we can't get back up again but i don't think anymore now that I'm, my eyes are a little bit more open and i can kind of gauge it a little bit better but right now Things are not changing as I'm, the way I'm the way I wanted them to change. Um, you know, I've been out in the professional field for by about well, I guess it's been like 15 years. I'm not. Woo, woo, woo. Ain't gotta say it like that. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I've uh, moved around to a few different jobs and everything, and and you can always see all the bullshit and stuff that happens and stuff. Like I'm being a fly on the wall and just seeing how people interact with other people and how they talk to other people about us. Mm-hmm. And some of them think it's cool, think it's okay, you know? Um, but them talking, you know, negatively about us, you know, it just is not okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, we got to find a way to um, put our foots in the door and put our foots, shoot, on some of these people's throats, letting them know that this is not the way that you can talk to us or treat us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for a while I jumped around because it just wasn't a comfortable environment. Uh, jumped around to a couple of jobs and now I'm at a black owned in- engineering firm and it's, everything's going really smooth. Yeah, you know, I make a little bit less pay, but at the same time, you know, I, I still have my dignity mm-hmm. and I don't have to worry about anybody, anybody's BS or this corporate politics or this racial politics that I had to deal with, you know, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but that negative fight is something that's not going to be changing anytime soon. And I just, I just want everybody to know that, you know, you're not the only one that's seeing this. And just because it happens to you um, doesn't mean that you got to accept it. We got to just keep fighting, fighting through this, through this struggle. Mm-hmm. So you touched on something, that, something there. How does it, how do you feel like, how does it feel going from working, and I know you touched on some of it, working for, you know, someone non-black to working at a black-owned engineering firm? Yeah. Um, I know the support feels different, but how does it feel like walking in knowing this is black-owned? Um, it feels great. It feels good and stuff, but it, what, it's, what it's done for me is put me on a level playing field. Um, you know, at the other firms and everything, you know, it, it, like like you've always, you know, everybody's heard that before that you got to work twice as hard 
you know, as a black man in order to receive any type of accolades or recognition mm -hmm. that um, anybody um, of the Caucasian descent would receive. Mm -hmm. So it puts me on a level playing field. So me, my work more, you know, more so shines for itself. I don't know if that considers me cheating because I went to a black firm and everything because now I can get to do what I need to do and get the job done the way I want it to get done. Mm -hmm. But I'm more comfortable doing it. And when you have that comfort and you have that support system behind you, it makes it easier for you to make decisions and take risks. So when you know that somebody already has your back and then they're not trying to backstab you or they, they're going to let you. I mean, yeah, my, my, my boss is uh, or our leader, I guess, at our office and stuff. He's, he's, he's African-American, but it's not like he's saying, oh, yeah, man, yeah, you, uh, you since you're black too, man, I'm going to give you a hookup and stuff and let you go mm -hmm. ahead and do this, do that. He doesn't even think like that. He thinks like, all right, man, I know you're good at what you do. Um, this is what I need to get need you to get done, and I want you to be able to take care of this for me. Mm -hmm. And and I'm like, okay, sure. I, I get what I need to get done. I show him how to get it there, get from point A to point B. And he understands. He says, good job. He recognizes us for it, and we just keep moving because we're you know, just just me, me knowing that he's not looking for something else out of me as you know other than my wonderful performance on this job. Mm -hmm. You know, makes me more confident in the risk and the things that I take in order to make us better. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's a kind of an example of what I'm trying to look for when I, when I say about, say, black love in the relationship sense, is that you have somebody else in, that's in your corner that you know have common likes, your common beliefs, mm -hmm. common experiences. You guys are going through this together, and if you guys are seeing what, other, what the other person's going through and you understand it and you can relate to it, Sometimes it just makes those things a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, this is a legacy that we have to try to build upon that our our ancestors, our our, our, our great, great, great ancestors on that, for that instance, have had to fight through and they've gotten us to this point. And in order to get from this point to the next point, we're just going to have to keep on staying focused on this common goal. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's why I call it part of the revolution. I just feel like some black people have lost. I'm not asking for a handout. When I ask you to help me get to this, you know, certain point or help me get my foot in the door or something like that. I'm not, I don't think, I think some people think like it's charity. I'm not doing this. If I can do it, you did it too. If I can do it, you can do it too. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not helping you have to work hard like I did. I'm not asking, when I ask you to help me, I'm not saying I want to work easy. I'm not saying I want to give it to me. I'm saying, I'm saying that you've been through the first couple of steps. Help me get through those first couple of steps and I can get it on my own. Give me some of your knowledge. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking for your knowledge. And I think yeah. that's where black people we lose some of our connection you know what i'm saying like you because you think because i'm asking you to help me i'm asking you to give me your money i'm asking you to give me your car i'm asking me you to no yep. share your knowledge that's that 400 years that's of oppression it. we've been talking about i mean that yeah. mentality that you know this world isn't big enough for the two of us mm -hmm. you know if we're gonna if somebody's gonna get ahead it's gonna have to be one of us it can't be all of us yeah and we gotta stop thinking like that mm -hmm. and, you know, it's okay to, for people to give you a little bit of help and stuff and get up. You, like you said, we're stepping upon mm -hmm. the legacy of others that, that, that others have built. And if, if we can't do that and do that together as a team and do that as a unit, as a unified team, then we're never going to get together. Mm -hmm. Because 
you know, the unity is not there. Yeah. And we're never going to win. We're never going to overcome whatever this oppression BS is, is doing to us. Yeah. So, I, you know, with what we've talked about so far, I think black love for me has, you know, it's boosted my confidence. Because I, when I went, like, so I went to public school up until eighth grade. And then I went to private school all of high school predom in predominantly white private school. Like there was 96 of us in my graduating class and I believe there were only five blacks. Mm -hmm. And so growing up in that environment, it, 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 I mean, it took a toll on me mentally. Um, it made me feel like I needed to change who I was to fit in like, and we all hear that, oh, she put on her white girl voice mm -hmm. thing. Or I've heard so many times growing up, oh, that's, you listening to white music. Mm -hmm. Or that's white people music. You can tell you grew up around white people. And, you know, people don't realize how offensive that is to say. Like, it, I mean, thinking about it, it still hurts my feelings because it's like, why can't I just like music? Why can't different types of music Speak to me. Why can't I connect with a different type of music? Because I'm black, I only have to lurk, like a certain type of black music. Mm -hmm. um, or because I'm speaking like I have some common sense because my mother raised me to have common sense, not because I've been around white people. I talk like I'm white. Like, stuff like that. People don't realize that you're, you're yeah, you think, why isn't an issue to sound educated? Right. And so, being in a black, being with you, um, and being around other black people who show black love and seeing examples of it has helped me boost my confidence as a black woman. Mm -hmm. Like, I love being black. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. I look at m beautiful, melanated people and it brings me joy. I love the fact that I can rock a fro and be fly as hell. Or I can ra not rock a bun and be fly as hell. Like, I love being black. But it took some getting to that point because... I was made fun of for being the skinny black girl who went to a uh, white school. Mm -hmm. So not only has it made me like, I love our relationship and people who know us know, I love our relationship. I love you. I love you too, but being in a relationship where we reinforce how strong black love is, has boosted my confidence as a black woman. And so I think, you know, like you said, not only is it important to be able to have that connection with somebody who goes through what you go through, it helps you, it helps you as an individual, not just, right. you know. And like we said before on previous podcasts, you know, we ain't just saying that you just gonna have to get to with any other black guy and stuff and say, oh yeah, this is my boo and everything. Just mm -hmm. cause we, we, we both black, we in this together. I mean, like we said in the other podcasts, you know, relationships have to complement not complicate mm -hmm. so it, that person still has to be good for you and you still you guys got to be on that even field where uh, they're in it for you and you're in it for them mm -hmm. I mean that trust and that that being genuine it's very important but you still got to also have that gut feeling when you know that somebody's just not right because not every black person is right of course mm -hmm. and sometimes some people are just so mentally sick that they can't even get right so you mm -hmm. just gotta sometimes you just gotta let that person go sometimes. You can't fight the battle, the entire battle, your entire life to try to change this person's mind if exactly. they've been stuck in, the, stuck in the dirt for so long, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes 
like I've heard before on some lyrics before, you know, sometimes when people are from the dirt, you, you, you can't clean them because that's where they're from. And yeah. they're not going to get any cleaner. So, yeah, you gotta can't. You got to let the ragamuffins go. Yeah, you don't. And you don't. And on the opposite, like he said, um, like you try to make your relationship work, but on the opposite end of the spectrum, you can't do that alone. Yeah, you're not fixing. You're not here to repair people all the time. You right. can speak your truth. And, and I think if. If everybody's speaking their truth and being honest to themselves, and then it starts to become infectious, and everybody can thrive and live off of that, and we don't have to worry about you know this this idiot here and this idiot here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's going to be some scattered around, but at least everybody's uh, trusting of everybody. But mm-hmm. you know that's that's godlike. Yeah, don't force it, you know, because just because you're in a relationship with somebody else who's black and y'all have those common things where y'all got to go out in the world and come back. If don't come home to a different type of abuse, you know what I mean? Don't Mm -hmm. go out and have this racial abuse and then come home and accept the emotional abuse because he's black. Mm -hmm. If he's not treating you like the queen you are and she's not treating you like the king you are, then that person's not for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't have to accept it because they're black. Exactly. But if you don't overlook love either because they're black. But um, I wanted to read some more stuff from the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. Um, she, it, she, Diane, Miss Stewart, went for, on to say, um, black couples did not fare much better under government regulations in the latter 20th century. Personal testimonies from black women and children whose lives were touched by federal and state welfare programs, especially during the 1960s, indicate that black love and marriage were adversely affected by callous man in the house and quote, quotes, suitable home and sustainable. I'm sorry, and substitute father policies that played into racist tropes, emphasizing black women's presumed propensity towards promiscuity, deceitfulness and inept mothering. Um, she go, further goes on to say. Um, operating alongside the welfare state since the 1980s, the carceral state has implemented America's most effective strategy for containing post-slavery black communities on black love. The prison industrial complex with its craving for black male inmates became a principal mechanism of subjugation, impeding black love and marriage with unmatched methodical, methodical, sorry, precision. By 2014, Incarcerated black men outnumbered incarcerated black women by nearly 490,000. That lets you know our black men, because I know we know as black people, our black men have targets on their backs. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, this, and this is, um, like I said, y'all, y'all have to read this article. Um, she continues to say, but we need not look further than the most celebrated symbols of black love in America today to identify the structural source of venomous attacks on black women and black relationships. Despite wide public admiration for um, my president, <laughs> she didn't say my idea, my president, um, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama's powerful romantic bond and inviolable ev- marriage. Sorry, y'all. Michelle, stood in his, Michelle still couldn't escape Fox News' pathetic attempt to reduce her Obama's baby mama, that irritates me, quote, um, 
or Pamela, Ram Pamela Ramsey Taylor's longing for a classy, beautiful, dignified first lady in the likes of Melania Trump rather than the ape in heels she was tired of seeing when she referred to Miss Michelle Obama. So again, that further lets you know, like they, and I was watching my first lady's um, Netflix Becoming and she was, and we saw when he, you know, um, my president was running that they kept attacking her in these different news articles. Like they were painting her as the angry black woman or as who does she think she is speaking at these events and she doing this and why does she think she's doing that? And like this lady is powerful on her own, mm -hmm. but when she's with a man like Barack Obama, they are, you know, forced to be reckoned with. And I think instead of celebrating the powerfulness and the beauty that black women have, white women are scared. So they make us out to be these angry black women or these ape and heels. And, mm -hmm. and it's just, and so, and then, like I said, these stereotypes that are out there, people are falling victim to. And so you're constantly believing, oh, there, like I said, there goes the angry black woman. Mm -hmm. So then our black men are staying away from that. And, that just, that, I mean, the fact that they attacked that so much lets you know yeah. it's, black love is so powerful. Yeah, this is, this is just reaffirms the fact that despite over our many, many gains over these years, we're still perversely affected by the damage of racism. And not only we are damaged, but, you know, our, our white counterparts are damaged where they feel like there just has to be a reason there has to be something to bring this person down. Mm -hmm. And it has to be something that's stereotypically related to the fact that they're African-American. Mm -hmm. Or African. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, just is what it is. And we have to fight that. That's yeah. just a form of oppression that we, you know, you don't think that's, you know, blatant or, pa or painful. But it is painful, especially to the mental psyche of, of you know, the millions of African-Americans we have here. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, we're going to wrap it up, but I just think, you know, we need to take a step back and think about, you know, how we are affecting each other, what we're saying to each other. And I tell people this all the time and I've gotten called Miss Perfect or whatever, you know, in a sarcastic way, because I feel like you, you know, you have to watch the words that you say. Because you don't know what you're saying could have, it could literally push one person over that person over the edge. And I never want the words that I say to ever make somebody feel like they're not worthy. Mm -hmm. They're not worth it. You are all absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. Especially as black people, when we interact with each other, we need to make sure that we're interacting with nothing but love. Right. Because we, we, we are in a time where, they are trying to, they're taking us out. We are, we, they are, they are trying to turn us into an endangered species. And I feel like we're, us coming, battling each other is just making it that much easier for them. So just make sure that, you know, you come with love. You leave with love. And I just, it's so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so pretty much, I know this was a little bit serious little bit too serious you know we didn't get the joke around a little bit and <laughs> but you know it's something that really matters and I think we have to keep pushing it home because 
and as we get stagnant in these things that we're doing and, and then in this pandemic we're not really thinking about uh, the whole reason we're really here and um, this love is sacred you know our Lord and Savior you know created this bond and everything for us you know to get us through all of this because it's built off of him or her I guess if you some of you people who don't believe mm-hmm. but love of the higher power love of the higher power so you got to understand that you know and we're, we're in the summary we're not really talking about just romance in the in black love that mm-hmm. matters we're talking about the black love of us as African Americans mm-hmm. it, it, it has to matter in order for us to get over this um, it's going to be a day when the power is just too strong that anybody who opposes it is just going to have to agree with it and understand it and, and accept it mm-hmm. and I just want us to get to that point you know, it might not be in our lifetime, but I hope it. Hopefully, it is. But uh, you know, e- even still, if it's not in our lifetime, we're still that stepping stone to help it get to that lifetime. Mm-hmm. This is a legacy, mm-hmm. and we have to make sure we're all doing our part. Yeah. So, I wanted to say again that uh, I love you guys. I appreciate everything. Um, always remember that you are blessed. We're blessed. Mm-hmm. And we should love each other the way we're supposed to be loved, mm-hmm. the way God created us to be loved. Mm-hmm. So, lead with love. Day, lead with love. Love y'all. Talk to you soon. Bye.